Hello and welcome back to the Small Introvert Den. I am your podcaster, Sally, and, and yes, you have the right to bash me, you have the right to ban me, you have the right to, I don't know, to do whatever you like because I've been missing for months. Whoops. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. Now, in today's podcast, I shall be talking about something that is a little bit explicit, a little bit old, and something that if you have anyone around you that is minor, or under 18, or un- even under 21, under my age, please do not, and I'm saying it again, do not do research on what I will be saying today, because the top, because the topic that I'm going to be talking about is top 10 horrific true crimes cases that you should never web search. And take it from someone who actually is writing a horror novel and a criminal novel. So, please do not. Now, there are some crimes we all know. It's the world, the humanity, and all that. There will always be a crime. In one way or another, there will always be. But, there are some murders that are so horrific that you cannot... And I'm saying it with a big, big heart. You cannot imagine how cruel a human being can get. Unfortunately, we are in 2019. There are so many murders, so many crimes. It's kind of weird. And yeah. Now let's start with this list after all these disclaimers. And also, if you are someone who who lives in the US or who lives... Elsewhere than Africa, which is now it's like noon here. Please do not, and I'm saying this, please do not listen to my podcast at night, especially this one, especially this episode in particular. With all of that being said, let's start the video. The video. Let's start the podcast. Sorry. With fact number ten, the Seashire, the Seashire family murders in 2007. The petite family, Jennifer Hawk, Petit, and her two teenage daughters were assaulted and murdered in their their Kentucky home. The father, Dr. William Petit, was injured but managed to escape with his life before the preparators burned the house to the ground. The two parole burglars, Joshua Komisarzewski and Stephen Hayes, targeted the family when Jennifer and her 17-year-old daughter Haley were at the grocery store. They followed them home and they subjected them to brutal torture before killing them. Haley and her 11-old sister Michaela died throughout <clears throat> through smoke inhalation as they were tied to their bed and Jennifer died through strangulation. The details of the crime are shockingly unbearable. Like, I'm right now, like, I'm reading this, and I'm trying not to imagine it because I'm still drinking my coffee, which is a good thing. But I'm seeing, like, the gruesome picture of a bed that is burnt to the ground with sense of blood and, ugh. That's what I'm telling you. Please do not, do not search for this crime or the pictures or the file or the case. Please. Now, the details of the crime are shockingly unbearable as it was revealed to the police they were aware that the family was held as hostages. Oh my god. But spent too long securing the street rather than entering the home and help the family. Oh my god. Okay, this is 
this is not as much gruesome as I thought as it is like sad because these cases actually happened in South Africa I lived in South Africa from 2018 from 2016 to 2017 and where I lived which is in Musenberg uh, in Cape Town uh, there used to be a residential uh, street right in front of me where a lot of black people lived and there was a lot of drug usage or drug trafficking with kids and the police refused actually to get in and they used to secure the street too long Ugh. so this is kind of give and take bit by bit something that I actually have seen myself with my own yeah with my own eyes and also where I live actually there is this type of problem unfortunately now the killers were sentenced to death which was later charged, changed to life imprisonment as Kentucky abolished the capital punishment in 2012. Now with fact number 9, the murder of Sylvia Lickens. The brutal and cruel murder of Sylvia Lickens still disturbs Indiana more than 50 years later. In 1965, police officers found the body of the 16-year-old Lickens laid in a filthy mattress was covered with more than more than 150 burns and cuts. Oh my god. It was clear at first that the young girl had starved to death as she was little more than skin and bone. Oh my god. Later it was found that she died of brain hemorrhage and malnutrition. The mother of seven, Gerdard Beniswalski, was arrested and charged with the first degree murder. Likens has paid Bronski $20 a week to care for her, of her and the other daughter, Jenny. Instead, Beninsky allowed her own children to beat Lickens and force her to eat feces. Oh my uh, God. Attorney Natty Pempo said a lot of people have compared this to the Lord of the Flies. But this was just a bunch of uncontrolled children. In this case, they had an adult supervising what they were doing. It was not children going wild. It was children doing what they were told. Oh. Uh. <sighs> Fact number eight. Richard Speck. I hope that I'm saying this right. Slaughter. When Richard Speck entered South Chicago Community Hospital where he was methodically tortured and murdered eight nurses, ooh, the state of Chicago changed forever. During the early hours of July 14, 1966, Speck led the nurses like lambs to slaughter. During an attack that lasted five hours, distracted by his own killing spree, Speck did not realize that one of his hostages has hidden under a bunk bed until the massacre was over. She, did, she then over jumped from a window and ran for her life. All the victims recalled of Speck was his tattoo that read, Born to Rise Hell. Born to Raise Hell, oops. Two days later, the cold-blooded killer arrived at the County Cook Hospital following a suicide attempt and a doctor recognized the tattoo from the news reports. Assistant Cook County District Attorney said one of the sadistic act said of the sadistic act attacks. Oh boy, it was really the first random mass murderer of the 20th century. 
It was really the end of an age of innocence. It changed everything. We all became much more conscious of our security. Eight nurses could be slaughtered in their beds for no reason by a stranger. Oh my, my. Uh, this is kind of something that I've actually depicted in my novel. But the way that I have is uh, sort of a mental illness slash fantasy, so it's only fair. So it's not as dangerous as this, but I have depicted much worse. And yes, I'm drinking my coffee. Fact number seven, Cannibal Armin Mew. Muse. My was? I don't know. Oh, it's from German. Okay, uh, it's my was. My vest. Mavas. There you go, Mavas. Uh, <clears throat> in 2001, Armin Mavas from Germany posted an advert on the cannibalism fetish. Oh no. Website, look uh, the Cannibal Cafe. And yes, this is actually a website that is still on. It was created in 1991. I know, I have looked for it. Ugh. Thank you, Matthew Santoro. <laughs> You're the one who actually made me look at this. <laughs> He has actually that is called uh, most disturbing websites. I, I don't know if it is his or Shane Dawson, one of the two. Anyway, <clears throat> looking for a well-built, eighteen to thirty-year-old to be slaughtered and then consumed. Many people replied to the advert, but all of them got cold feet. Apart from Bern Jürgen Armando Brande, throughout his childhood, news fantasized that if he were to eat someone. They would be with him forever, so he would never be lonely again. Oh no. There is actually a video about this guy that is actually dismembering brands in a stomach churning. Oh, to say the least. I mean, I've watched a video of people, of people actually getting killed by cannibalism and eaten from movies like Maniacs of 2001, uh, like Holocaust from 1999. Uh, from Human Centipede in 89 and a Serbian film. So these are four movies that I wish you not to watch. I have watched them because I actually need them for research and for my novel. So yeah. Ugh. 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 My boss amputated the victim's penis, then both attempted to eat it, but it was too ch- Fuck. Wait, I remember this. This is a story that I've actually read before. Yeah, I've read I've read it on subreddit. Now I remember. Yeah, it was in 2002. 2001, 2002. Ugh. <laughs> Brand then took 20 sleeping pills to kill himself, but this was not a success, and he slowly bled, bled out of, from the amputation. Uh, ah! Ah! Okay. Uh, then the guy just murdered Brand uh, by slicing his throat and consumed the remaining over a period of 10 months. What? I mean, I know that the body can actually regenerate, uh, not regenerate, uh, be kept stored for a year. That is something that I know. He was sentenced to life imprisonment after stating that to a psychiatric that his fantasies of devouring people had not subsided. Uh, the meaning is that uh, he cannot stop eating people. Ugh. Yuck. I don't know why I... Uh, <sighs> why am I reading this in the morning? <laughs> God damn it.
Anyway, fact number six. Kermit Gosnell abortions. Yeah, I'm hurting this, right? Ugh. Twisted serial abortionist Kermit Gosnell performed late-term abortions in his unsanitary and unsafe clinics at the Women's Medical Society in West Philadelphia. He had owned a medical center since 1979 and complaints about his practice stretched back to decades. In 2011, Gosnell was arrested on suspicion of murdering seven infants who had at first survived his initial abortion attempts but late fell victim to his unspeakable evil. A grand jury heard that Gosnell was not an obstetrician or a gynecologist, gynecologist, oh boy, as he had failed to qualify. However, he was charging up, up to $3,000, oh my god, for each late-term abortion. His staff members testified against him, detailing how they was the infants move or cry after he performed the termination. And the details of how he then ended their lives are deeply distressing. Gosnell was convicted of three counts of first-degree murder, including the cause of death of one adult patient, one cause on involuntarily manslaughter, and 21 felony court uh, counts of illegal late-term abortion, and 211 counts of violating the 24-hour informed consent law. He was sentenced to life in prison without a force, without a possibility of parole. Ugh. If it was for us, it would be probably death. But since Algeria doesn't exactly have that, and they do not have, we don't have it also the life imprisonment, so he would probably get 20 years, which is even worse. I know. That's what happens in Algeria. What am I supposed to do? Okay. Fact number five: Joseph Mengele's experiment. Uh oh, oh boy, it's a Nazi. Oh shit. Okay. <clears throat> Twisted Nazi doctor Joseph Mengele was known for his sinister medical experiments during the World War II that mostly involved the horrific treatment of twins. <sighs> okay. Uh. Okay. The something that has twins. I'm done for it to read. <clears throat> In 1943, in Auschwitz. Mingle selected children for his deadly experiments. Renet Gutman was a twin and Mingle's survivor. In a haunting account, she recalls, I was separated from my brother and mother. I'm taken to a hospital where I was measured and x-rayed. Blood was taken from my neck. Once I was strapped to a table and cut with a knife. Oh my god. I got injections that made me throw up and have diarrhea. While ill in the hospital after an injection, guard came in and took the sick to be killed. The total victim count is unknown, but witnesses reveal that Mingle has killed as many as 14 twins in just one night through injecting chloroform into their hearts. Oh my god. After the war, he evaded prosecution by escaping to South America, where he died from a stroke at the age 67 years old in 1979 oh my god okay here's the thing i just got from weird to sinister to evil to bad and now to a toy box what <laughs> with fact number four toy box killers torture room and it looks like not just a torture room it looks like a bdsm bedroom 
I don't know why I'm that weird. What can I say? I'm weird. Hey. David Ray Parker became known as the toy box killer following the chilling discovery of his sadistic torture rainbow in 1999. Oh my god, I was two. Jeez. It's estimated he kidnapped, tortured, and murdered up to 60 victims in New Mexico. Many of the bodies were never recovered, and they were dismembered and dumped in disclosed locations. His final attended victim luckily managed to escape with her life after three days of immeasurable torture. Police officers have arrived at the scene of the crime, discovered the soundproofed truck trailer equipped with for torturing victims that contained various surgical instruments and gynecology table with restraints. Parker also made recordings of his victims' torture. Oh my god. He showed no remorse of his crimes, explaining it was a source of ah. it was a source of entertainment for me to create these tapes. There was no justice for his victims as Parker died of a heart attack in 2002 before he had begun serving, oh boy, 223 years in prison. Okay, now we're going to a very known killer, which is Albert's Fish Letter. It's fact number three. Serial killer Albert Fish preyed on young children of the state of New York. The statistics child torturer and murderer bragged that he had children in every state. In 1936, he was executed off of the murders of 10-year-old Grace Budd, 9-year-old Francis McDonald, 4-year-old Billy Graffin. Gaffney, oops, whoopsie, sorry. The details of the murders are only for those who are strong stomach as Fish also spoke in details on how he also cannibalized the remain. Ugh. He also sent a twisted letter for the mother to the mother of Grace, but just to add her suffering, he wrote, I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama. First I served her naked, how she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her into small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook it, and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her body entirely. Oh my god. <sighs> he is remembered as one of the evilest serial killers in history. Oh my god. I feel bad. I feel bad reading this. Oh man. Two, the hi-fi murderers. Uh oh. <clears throat> okay, hold on. Let me just drink. Oh, heaven. The high five murderers. The, yeah, murderers. Oh boy. In 1974, still shocks today, three men, Dale Selby, William Andrews, and Keith Roberts, entered the, hi the high five shop in Ogden just before closing time. Then they held the store workers, 20-year-old Stanley Walker and 18-year-old Michelle Ansley hostage in the basement before robbing the store. Later, the 16-year-old Byron Nesbitt entered the store as she was running errands and was also taken as a hostage. Both Byron mother Carol Peterson Nesbitt and Stanley's father Owen Walker arrived at the store looking for their children where they suffered the same fate. Oh my god. What happened next is unimaginable and involved 
and involved the hostage being forced to drink a corrosive liquid that caused their lips, their tongues, their throats to burn and the flesh to peel away. Oh God. Peel away from the skin. The hours of torture was also included the use of a ballpoint pen as a weapon and three of the hostages were shot to death. The two surviving victims, Oren Walker and Byron Nisbet, sustained permanent life-changing injuries. The twisted killers were executed by a lethal injection. Thank God. Except for Keith Roberts, who was charged with aggravated robbery and sentenced to life imprisonment. What? Nee. Now with fact number one, and we're almost done. Thank God. The toolbox killers recording. Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris were were depraved serial killer duo who murdered five girls by most sinister means possible. (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Oh. (coughs) Oh, God. Now that I think, now that I'm waking up. Ah, shit. The victims who were aged by between 13 and 18 had been kidnapped from the highways of Southern California over periods of five months in 1979. The killers used an ice pick screwdriver, screwdriver, <clears throat> and vice grips, pliers to subject them to the worst of kind of physical pain. They also recorded the screams of their victims. Retired Los Angeles County Deputy District Attorney, who prosecuted the killers was still haunted by the evidence for years after the trial. He said, I would hear the girls screaming and I was running to get them too late. Toolbox girls have sat on death row for decades behind bars, but Tinker said, I happen to get to have got lucky and got one of the most liberal judges. They don't seem to be in any hurry. I'm not any hurry. I'm not either, since I don't have much coming. I wasn't exactly it wasn't exactly a fright a fair trial because I deserve but I deserve to be here so I cannot complain. What wait wait hold on hold on let me just read this again. This is what he said. This is what one of the killers said. I happen to have got lucky and got one of the most liberal judges. They don't seem to be in a, any hurry. I am not either since I don't have much coming. It wasn't an exactly a fair trial, but I deserve to be here so I cannot complain. Huh? Here's the thing, this thing just bugged my head. Huh? What? I feel weirded out right now. God damn. Murder after murder, murder after murder. Wait, wait a second. Why am I doing this? Hold on. So I'm literally talking about crime on a Friday 13th. Great. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are. And yeah, I hope I'll see you on the next one. Chulu, guys. See ya.